Juniper from Cobwebs from an Empty Skull by Dodd Grill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. Juniper by Dodd Grill. He was a dwarf, was Juniper. About the time of his birth, nature was executing a large order for prime giants, and had need of all her materials. Juniper infested the wooded interior of Norway, and dwelt in a cave, a miserable hole in which a blind bat, in a condition of sempraternal torpor, would have declined to hibernate, rent-free. Juniper was such a feeble little wretch so inoffensive in his way of life so modest in his demeanor that everyone was disposed to love him like a cousin there was not enough of him to love like a brother he too was inclined to return the affection he was too weak to love very hard but he made the best stagger at it he could but a singular fatality prevented a perfect communion of the soul between him and his neighbors a strange destiny had thrown its shadow upon him which made it cool for him in summer there was a divinity that shaped his ends extremely rough no matter how he hewed them somewhere in that vicinity lived a monstrous bear a great hulking obnoxious beast who had no more soul than tail this rascal had somehow conceived a notion that the appointed function of his existence was the extermination of the dwarf if you met the latter you might rely with cheerful confidence upon seeing the ferocious brute in eager pursuit of him in less than a minute no sooner would juniper fairly accost you looking timidly over his shoulder the while than a raging savage would leap out from some contiguous jungle and make after him like a locomotive engine too late for the train then poor juniper would streak it for the nearest crowd of people diving and dodging amongst their shins with nimble skill shrieking all the way like a panther he was as earnest about it as if he had made a bet upon the result of the race of course everybody was too busy to stop but in his blind terror the dwarf could single out some luckless right commonly some well-dressed person Juniper instinctively sought the protection of the aristocracy, getting behind him, ducking between his legs, surrounding him, dancing through him, doing anything to save the paltry flinch of his own bacon. Presently the bear would lose all patience and nip the other fellow. Then, ashamed of losing his temper, he would sneak sullenly away, taking along the body. While he was gone, poor Juniper would fall upon his knees tearing his beard, pounding his breasts, and crying mea culpa in deep remorse. Afterwards he would pay a visit of condolence to the bereaved relations, and offer to pay the funeral expenses. But of course there were never any funeral expenses. Everybody, as before stated, liked the unhappy dwarf, but nobody liked the company he kept, and the people were not at home to him as a rule. Whenever he came into the village, traffic was temporarily suspended, and he was made the center 
of as broad a solitude as could be hastily improvised many were the attempts to capture the terrible beast hundreds of the country people would assemble to hunt him with guns and dogs but even the dogs seemed to have an instinctive sense of some occult connection between him and the dwarf and could never be made to understand that it was the former that was wanted directly they were laid on the scent they would forsake it to invest the dwarf's abode and it was with much difficulty the pitying huntsman would induce them to raise the siege things went on in this unsatisfactory fashion for years the population annually decreased and juniper making the most miraculous escapes now there resided in a small village nearby a brace of twins little orphan girls named jalap and ginseng their considerate neighbors had told them such pleasing tales about the bear that they decided to leave the country so they got their valuables together in a box and set out they met juniper he approached to inform them it was a fine morning when the great beast of a bear rose like a scream of rich distilled perfume from the earth in front of them and made a mouth at him juniper did not run as might have been expected he stood for a moment peering into the brute's cavernous jaws then flew he absented himself with such extraordinary nimbleness that after he was a mile distant his image appeared to be standing there yet and looking back he saw it himself baffled of his dwarf the bear thought he would make a shift to get on for present with the orphan so he picked up jallop in her middle and thoughtfully withdrew the thankful but disgusted ginseng continued her immigration but soon missed the jewel box which in their alarm had been dropped and burst asunder she did not much care for the jewels but it contained some valuable papers among them the examiner a print which once had the misfortune to condemn a book written by the author of this tale and this she doted on returning for her property she peered cautiously around the angle of the rock and saw a spectacle that begot in her mind a languid interest the bear had returned upon a similar mission he was calmly distending his cheeks with the contents of the broken box and perched on a rock near at hand sat juniper waiting for him it was natural that the suspicion of collusion between the two should dawn upon the infant's mind it did dawn it brightened and broadened into a perfect day of conviction it was a revelation to the child at that moment she said afterwards i felt that i could lay my finger on the best trained bear in christendom but with praiseworthy moderation she controlled herself and didn't do it she just stood still and allowed the beast to proceed having stored all the jewels in his capacious mouth he began taking in the valuable papers first some title deeds disappeared then some railway bonds presently a roll of rent receipts all these seemed to be as honey to his tongue he smiled a smile of tranquil happiness finally the newspaper vanished into his face like a wisp of straw 
drawn into a threshing machine. Then the brute expanded his mouth with a ludicrous gape, spilling out the jewels, a glittering shower. Then he snapped his jaw like a steel trap affected with tetanus, and stood on his head a while. Next he made a feeble effort to complicate the relations between his parts, to tie himself into a love-knot. Failing at this, he lay flat upon his side, wept, wretched, and finally, fashioning his visage into a resemblance of a sickly grin, gave up the ghost. I don't know what he died of. I suppose it was hereditary in his family. The guilty come always to grief. Juniper was arrested, charged with conspiracy to kill, tried, convicted, sentenced to be hanged, and before the sun went down was pardoned. In searching his cavern the police discovered countless human bones, much torn clothing, and a mighty multitude of empty purses, but nothing of any value, not an article of any value. It was a mystery what Juniper had done with all his ill-gotten valuables. The police confessed it was a mystery. The End of Juniper by Dodd Grill